Mom Courage, the podcast, questioning norms and finding the real conversation around motherhood, being a woman, and family life. I'm Carrie Promozik, your host. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. Okay, Courageous Mamas, get ready for this episode. We moms can get overwhelmed and taken over by all the to-dos, commitments, and challenges involved in raising a family. We talk and read and dream a lot about joy in our lives, yet I wonder if we always know how to make it happen. Well, there is hope and excitement around joy, and helping us learn more about it is Erica Lasan, joy strategist, creative consultant, and founder of the Live Rich Movement. Erica's joy work is motivating, honest, and real, and her message of joy cannot be missed. After talking with Erica, I feel like joy is simpler than we may realize, yet at the same time requires some real intention. So get ready to feel inspired with a refreshing conversation around joy with real strategies and options for living your joy. Here we go. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. Today, we are talking joy. I am so excited about our expert today and her message. Our Mom Courage guest is Erica Lasan, a joy strategist, creative consultant, and founder of the Live Rich Movement. It's important to know Erica and I are rich friends. We know each other from participating in Nicole Walter's 1K One Day Academy. Erica helps women and entrepreneurs in transitional phases of life reconnect, rediscover, and recommit to their purest identity in joy. She has transformed 19 years of creative entrepreneurship to make joy her business This personal exploration of joy took her to work behind the scenes across a number of industries, including jewelry design, editorial publishing, fashion, marketing, television, and video production. Erica's experience has developed strategies and systems to help others learn how to find joy through purpose and make that joy a habit. Erica leads courses, consults in wellness spaces, and educates others about the riches of joy. She has an amazing podcast and her website makes you want to find all the joy. So welcome, Erica. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You are so welcome. I have to tell you when I said I'm excited, I am super excited to interview today because joy is just such a great topic and your message behind it and ability to put that out there is just going to come right through today. I know it. So (laughs) Before we dig deep into all of your work, I'd love for you to start with you just telling about you, your journey, your business, your story. So let us let us know. All right. (laughs) Well, for all of you who are listening, thank you so much, because I feel like if you are here, it's because you are ready for these joy gems that we're ready to drop. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just also want to thank you guys for being so courageous and knowing the need for mom courage. Mm -hmm. Um, So a little bit about me, as Carrie noted, I am a joy strategist. um, And it's really funny the way that this even came about, because it was one of those like 
ex accidental like aha moments. Mm -hmm. um, and part of my mission with the Leverage Movement is that um, we help people find joy through purpose and open conversations and healing experiences. But um, I work specifically with women and entrepreneurs in transitional phases of life, helping them find joy, purpose, and healing and what's next. And the reason why I work with uh, people in transitional phases specifically is because that's when it's really hard to um, mm -hmm. commit to your joy, you know, mm -hmm. and a part of my mission and really what my goal is with the Live Rich movement is helping women um, not only rediscover and reconnect with um, their purpose and identity and joy, but also like recommitting to it because that's the hardest part. And for me personally, um, the reason why I work specifically with these groups is because I myself had a, a couple of transitional periods in my life where I was like, what is happening? I don't know what's going on. And I found that in those moments, I, would, I was crying like every day. And it was really weird for me kind of um, as an individual because naturally my disposition is one of like smiling and excitement. Like I think I have a, a generally nice attitude towards things so in the moments where I felt that I was like crying on a regular basis like it was becoming a part of my lifestyle I was like this does not feel good and I, I don't know how to fix it um and in those moments I I decided well what feels good I'm just gonna do the things that make me feel good and there were a couple of transitional periods in my life um and that kind of now mark the um identifying uh, groups that I work with. But the first one was transitioning from high school into college because that was a whole journey mm -hmm. <laughs> of like, oh, whoa, okay, I am no longer a kid. I am, I'm, I'm in the process of adulting. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> like I have to do my own groceries, what? Like I have to feed myself, okay? Like, and microwavable stuff doesn't taste as good when you have to do it every day, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like just learning how to adult. And then at one point, um, once I graduated from college and was supposed to go into the workforce, that was a whole other transition because I graduated in the middle of the pan, uh, not a pandemic, oh goodness. It was a recession <laughs> though. So yeah. it was like almost the same feel, same effect, but um, different scenario, you know? Um, so we, I graduated during the re recession of, uh, 20, uh, the housing market crash. Yes. Um, so that was in 2009 and that was a really big shift for me because in my mind, I'd done everything that I was supposed to do. Like I was told I needed to go to school and get a degree. I would graduate from getting a degree and I would make all of this money. I'd get this job that would basically set me up for life. And when that didn't happen, I felt like, like, very um not disappointed isn't the word but I just felt like but I did everything like why isn't this working for me and for almost a year straight I was applying to jobs and it was it just got very depressing and um I felt like the job search was just really um wearing on my spirit and so at one point I just decided to well again follow what made me feel good so I quit my job that I was working at the time because it was a job but it was um the same internship that I'd been working while I was in school mm -hmm. so they already kind of had like an idea of who I was and what I was capable of but I felt as though I wasn't being very well utilized like 
Um, and it was a, a part of a marketing agency. Um, and I was the marketing coordinator. Um, I wasn't making very much, um, but it really wasn't so much about the money for me as much as it was me feeling fulfilled doing what I was doing. Right. As a multi-passionate creative, I just felt that they weren't utilizing my gifts. And so every day I went to work, I would sit on the toilet at, in the bathroom and I would cry. Mm -hmm. I would go like walk around the building on my lunch break. I would cry. I'd call my boyfriend and I'd cry. Like I was just crying all the time. Um, and then I decided to again, follow what felt good. And that led me to quitting that job and going back to um, work retail, <laughs> which is like every, every parent's dream, right? You spend all this money on all this college tuition and you want your child to go back to working retail, right. uh, like intentionally. But for me, it was really about connecting, um, reconnecting with the things that I had enjoyed doing before. And I went on what I like to call a joy quest and just really rediscovering myself and uh, what makes me tick and allowing myself to be in that space. Um, so that was a, a really big transitional phase for me. And then the other huge transitional phase, and this is probably like the biggest one and mm -hmm. a part of what influenced um, even my, uh, what I like to call journeys of purpose and starting this business, but transitioning into motherhood was a doozy. Oh, yeah. and, uh, like, <laughs> and it's such a, sorry. I said, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like such a beautiful process. And it's like, you're so excited about, um, what's on the other side. But I, I, now that I think about it, I guess compared to what our uh, maybe societal or cultural norms are right now, I was, I was not a young, young mother, but I was in my late twenties. Um, I was 27 when I got pregnant mm -hmm. and I'd been with my, um, he was my fiance then we'd been together for eight years, but it was still kind of like, uh, I want to say a blessing baby, <laughs> but not like, you know, I, at that point I felt like, um, I'd been trying to work, uh, my way up in, in building a different career for myself. Cause after I quit the marketing job, I, I tried a bunch of different things and ultimately, ultimately I landed at, um, being a, an on-air host because I'd always wanted to do TV stuff and like I really enjoy conversation and speaking with people. So I'd started from scratch knowing absolutely nothing and I'd been building up this career for almost six years, um, like a very slow build. And the summer that I got pregnant, I'd um, just finished booking a, uh, a workshop with NBC Universal um, for their diversity program. And it was in partnership with the American Black Film Festival. So it was like kind of a big deal. You know, like I thought that this was the thing that was going to catapult me into um, my hosting career success and dreams. And then a week after I finished that program, I found out that I was pregnant. And I just felt like, oh my God, my life is over. <laughs> you know, and like, it, it's not even that my life is was over. And it's not that I was even like disappointed about the fact that I'd gotten pregnant, but I just felt like, here I am, I've worked so hard and so many of the things that I want, I cannot do as a mother, you know? And these are beliefs that I'd been fed and, and that I'd picked up and I was happily eating the, the I, I was sipping the lemonade, you know? 
<laughs> in thinking that I couldn't do these things. Um, and so I was like, well, now I have to get a career job. I have to, or a corporate career. I have to go back to working in offices and, oh gosh, this is going to be horrible. And I cried for three days. Um, and for a good year and a half after having my daughter, you know, we, I, I really lived in this idea of what I thought the expectation of motherhood was being a doubtful um, wife and like putting everyone else's needs before your own. Mm -hmm. And I did that for 16 months. And I finally was like, all right, 16 months are done. Aria can now walk. She can do all of these things. Now I'm going to get back into the creative space. And I'm going to do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did this huge like video project. It was my coming back party. Mm -hmm. I, I did a, a little musical number. I called it the Liverage Mommy Rap. Mm -hmm. And I put it out and I was so excited it was in the world. And then, Harry, I kid you not, <laughs> Courageous Mamas, I kid you not. A week after I put that video out, I found out I was pregnant again. Oh. <laughs> I found out I was pregnant again. And it was at that moment that I was like, okay, something's got to give. I can't not do the things that make me happy or bring me joy. Because at that point, I realized that it wasn't just a nice idea. It was actually a form of self-care for myself. Like, yeah. I couldn't be the best version. Like, I could be a good mom, you know, mm -hmm. not doing those things. Mm -hmm. But when I'm able to do the things that bring me joy, I become a great mom. Mm -hmm. You know, I become a great partner. I become someone who's able to give more fully to the world because I feel good about the life that I'm living. And um, that put me on a path of, again, just rediscovering what felt good after that transitional phase. But then um, to God be the glory, it also instilled something else in me and helping me understand that while I've gathered all of these experiences as a multi-passionate creative, it wasn't just for the sake of creating nice things or um, making pretty things, but it was really about helping others learn how to cultivate joy and make it a habit for themselves, no matter what the situation is. Mm -hmm. And that's how I founded the Live Rich Movement, um, which is really just a culmination of all the things I've been doing for over a decade. Yeah. Um, and just using all of those gifts and all of that knowledge uh, to help others find their way to joy, purpose, and healing and what's next. <laughs> okay. So I love your story. Before I move on, first off, something that I was just listening to you, I'm smiling while I'm listening because these transitions in life are big. And I love that you shared that. But importantly, what stuck out to me too was your awareness around like what you were doing, what you were supposed to do and what, you know, that you wanted to fund when you were doing what you were supposed to do. Maybe some of the things weren't exactly what you thought. And kind of, I love the, um, when you were saying, you know, um, the sipping the blood lemonade around motherhood and that when you realized, you know, you could do some things that you enjoyed because when you were doing what you enjoyed, you were being a better you for your kids, for your husband, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I think that mm -hmm. is super important just to point out all that in intentionality you had around that going towards, I like how you said, I started doing some things that felt good. Um, yeah. Do you think, because before I move on to something next, do you think sometimes we forget to do that? You know, because that's, that came out, you know, we forget we should be doing some things that make us feel good because we do get sucked into the supposed to's? Yes, I definitely do think we forget mm -hmm. because, you know, so much of what we do and how we operate is learned. You know, we pick up so much based on the things that we've seen in our lives, based on the things that, um, 
we we see on TV, you know, like we're just sponges. Yeah. So we we become what we see. And so if it's something where as a mother, you've seen your mother herself mm -hmm. give so selflessly. And that is something that I don't think it's limited to culture. I don't think it's limited to like race or anything, but it's just womanhood mm -hmm. and um, kind of what the expectation and the societal norm is. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not giving your all to your family, you're not a good mom. If you're not um, like giving to the last, <laughs> if you're not giving to the last of yourself, you're not a good like woman. Right. We're expected to be quiet. We're expected to do everything that makes everyone else feel good. And the expectation is that we put ourselves last and it's kind of like an unspoken thing, but it's just what the expectation is mm -hmm. and that we should also do these things with a smile on our face. Right. Um, I, I feel like even before becoming a mom, um, Anyone who would know me, who knew me, probably wouldn't have even known that I was feeling the way that I was feeling when I was crying every day because I didn't let anybody else see that. The only person who knew that I felt the way that I felt, like how unfulfilled I felt, mm -hmm. was my um, then boyfriend at the time, who's mm -hmm. now my husband, mm -hmm. part of the reason why. Uh, <laughs> because he's so amazing. Like, he's such an awesome person. And he just, uh, like, I love him so much. But with when with be, and being able to like be vulnerable with him mm -hmm. and allowing him to know exactly how I felt, um, it really helped me work through that process and just having that support and knowing that you know no matter what the person that I'm with like he sees me and he wants me to be good, but not everyone has not everyone has that and I think that the the. I think the thing that hinders a lot of people from finding their joy is really just caring about what other people think. You know, like, I want people to think I'm a good mom. I want people to know that I'm a good wife. And it's not even limited to strangers. Sometimes it's even like within our own families, you know, mm -hmm. our in-laws, our uh, siblings, like whoever, you know. So I don't even think that it's so much that we forget the need to um, prioritize ourselves. I think we just feed into the expectation that the expectations that others have yeah. of us, yeah. you know, and then we start to care so much about what other people think about us and how they perceive us that we forget to care about how we perceive ourselves. Yeah. And that's just like mm -hmm. the, um, the, the beginning of like, just unhappiness yeah. really because you'll never be able to satisfy people so it's really just important that you you know the importance and the need to satisfy yourself first and foremost because everyone else is going to go about their life ultimately it's your life and you're the only one that'll have to you know take responsibility for how it goes yep yeah we do yeah we do and, you know, just listening to you, you've taken like all this experience and, and your journey. And like you were saying before, you it's present in your work. You brought it to kind of share that work. And I was exploring your website and your mission on your homepage is very powerful. And I'd like to take a moment to read it to everybody listening. So are you ready for that? Yeah. Read okay, I'm going to read it. All right, here it is. This is on Erica's homepage. My mission is to have a world where everyone is able to access joy through purpose, open conversation, and healing experiences. The hope is that this will create true healing and real change for this generation and the generations to come. I love this, Erica. 
thank you. I, thank God. Oh, <laughs> I just, I just think it's amazing. Just so I want you to elaborate here because that mission statement is powerful. And how could you tell us about like, tell us about this accessing your joy through purpose. So we're hearing your story and how you've done that. How do we do this? How do we start, you know, if, to listeners, like how do we access our joy through purpose? What do you mean? Go a little deeper with that accessing the joy through purpose. All right. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Like the mission statement yeah. is like something that's really, really special to me because, uh, and I, I always say, I can't even take credit for any of this stuff. I really feel like, um, it's all God's doing. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Lord, use me as a vessel. Like I am an empty shell of a something like fill me with goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, he really placed that on my heart. And it's really just about creating radical joy because the moment like we feel good, we put that goodness out into the world in a number of ways. And now that number of ways comes through in our purpose because each person has it. Everybody has a purpose. And the beautiful part about purpose is it's what you were literally born to do. Mm -hmm. But so often, because we give into the situations and circumstances and conditions of life around us, as well as the expectations, which you we've touched on a little bit, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people lose sight of what their purpose was, or it, well, not even was, but is, because mm -hmm. it's always been there. Um, so in a journey to purpose, which is what my three-step program is called, we're helping people reconnect with what that purpose is through radical joy. Mm -hmm. And really, it's as simple as if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't bring you joy, do not do it. Um, and, and rather than like doing the things that don't make you feel good, start to figure out the things that do make you feel good and do those to the point where it becomes a habit mm -hmm. of joy. Um, and that's step one of my journey to purpose mm -hmm. is really just going on a journey to joy. Mm -hmm. So there's something on the site that is called the joy quest. Mm -hmm. And it's a program that I created that can be done on an individual basis. And you don't need anyone else to be present while you do it. And within 45 minutes to an hour of sitting down and completing this program and going through it on your own, you can then, you, you gain clarity in the process that you need to implement and implement in order to gain progress mm -hmm. um, in finding your joy and making it a habit. So it basically creates a roadmap for you and what your joy looks like and how you can then begin to take steps towards making it um, your lifestyle. Yeah. Because really it's not about, um, only finding joy in good times like joy is is is, is so much um it's so much deeper than like happiness, you know, cause happiness is very fickle. But when you're someone that is able to access your joy, you understand that it's really about enjoying the process, enjoying the journey, understanding that there's always joy to be had, but it's really a matter of um, picking up on what's being put down. So in the joy quest, it helps you walk through the process of really creating that roadmap of what joy looks like specifically for you as an individual versus what it should seem like it should be based on what everyone else's expectations are. And then it gives you tangible steps, tricks, and um, next step uh, methods to start implementing the um, joy tools that you've discovered in your journey to joy. Yeah. Um, and then the next part of the process is doing casting a vision mm -hmm. because 
you know, it's lovely to know what joy is, what your joy is and what brings you joy. But it's also super important to then take that joy, take that lifestyle of joy and start to mix it and incorporate your purpose. And I believe that joy is what puts you on path for discovering your purpose. Mm -hmm. So the more you um, exhibit joy, the more you engage with your joy, the clearer you then become on what your purpose is. And um, our vision casting Mm -hmm. workshop, which is a six-week workshop, is what helps people understand not only what brings them joy, but then how to take those things and then discover what their purpose is. And then it also creates a strategy for them to start um, living out that purpose on a daily basis while also creating a wonderful Mm -hmm. and engaging um, tool to help them in their journey, which is a vision board. Uh, But our vision boards are really special. I love the vision boards that we create in our program because they're beautiful they are really discreet. So you put them in a place where you can use them every day. Mm -hmm. um, And it's something that becomes kind of a booklet uh, of your journey and really like telling the story of your journey to purpose as you go through each year. And then the last piece is just activating accountability, you know, and just making sure that you have people around you that are supporting you in your mission Mm -hmm. to living a joy, a life of radical joy, um, while also supporting you in, in making sure that you're being in integrity with your word to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and someone who's looking to recommit to um, the things that make you feel good, just getting other people involved in the process so that they can hold you up and like help you stand in the light of what it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish. But it does so much more than that because it really then um, brings people into the experience with you to the point where, again, your joy comes to a point of overflowing and then they feel good and then they probably want to go on a journey to... Uh, to purpose of their own. So that's really what it's all about. Feeling good beyond like looking good, because I feel like, especially with Mm -hmm. um, our society Mm -hmm. and social media, so much of it is about like faking it till you make it and making things look a certain type of way in order to show that you're really doing it, even, even if you're not really doing it. But I like to think of things from a perspective of faith it till you make it, you know? Do think of what feels good, do what feels good, trust that the things that you want, uh, especially if they're in alignment with who you, what your joy is and what your purpose is are actually working their way to you. But at the same time, you have to be authentic. You know, you can't, can't fake it because the faking things isn't sustainable. At some point you will tire of acting. (laughs) So do what makes you feel good. And in a way that's like really in alignment with who you are and what you've been called to do. And, you know, all good things will come to you and others around you. Okay. So yes. Okay. So this joy, your joy message, first off, I did look at your guides, like the joy quest and the vision board. I mean, these are very important tools that anybody listening can access to get, that's a good way to get started. I love that you're sharing about that and how it works and the different parts of it. And this, it's almost sounds, and I, and I mean this in a really good way. You are talking about something big here. I don't know if we go around enough talking about joy, talking about what we like, what feels good. You know, I think with the idea of you saying, get some purpose behind it, that really brings the focus in on what we mean by joy. Am I following you correctly there with that? That when we find that purpose, it clarifies the joy. Cause I just, you know, like if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I get it. But how do we really define that? And you're saying really it's, it's making some intention to find that purpose behind that. 
Yes, like understanding not only what brings you joy, but why it brings you joy. That's where the purpose lies. And when you're able to do this, you're able to, um, it it comes to a point of overflow because then it becomes your lifestyle, right? Yes. Going back to that part about not faking it till you make it, but faithing it till you make it. At this point, you're no longer putting on a charade. You know, you're just doing what feels good. And it 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 shows to the world around you. They will know that you're literally just living your life. And at this point and, and this day and age, you can build whole businesses around like hobbies. You can build a, a whole like m- multi-million dollar uh endeavor around something that you used to do or that you do just for fun. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to really um, subdue the joy because I think at one point it became something where, you know, our parents want want like what's best for us, Mm -hmm. but they only know what they know, you know? And I think that with uh, past generations, it was a matter of doing what, what was secure and what would be sure to allow you, what would be, what would surely help someone, their children, um, them, themselves, take care of their families. And, you know, we thank them for those experiences because it, it allowed us to have certain opportunities. But at this point, we can really create whatever it is that we want, you know, mm-hmm. like there are no limitations. So if you, if you go forth with this limit, limitless I- idea, and if you understand that, you can make a living doing the things that feel good and you're able to do them every day, then that's really where the, um, the beauty of joy comes in, you know, cause it's not, it, it becomes a practice. Like your practice of joy becomes your lifestyle. Your lifestyle becomes your career and your, your life, you know, there's no need to, to fake the funk. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think it definitely is that, that is the piece. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's refreshing to hear you talk about joy in this way. And I love the faith it until you make it. That is a, I'm, I wrote that down. I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. I love it. Okay. Your work with people in transitional phases. Okay. So it helps them figure out what's next. And we moms go through a lot. You already talked about your experiences, right? With our families, our work, our health, our journey in general is, is full. So here's the next question. This is more about like, what suggestions would you give to a mom who is maybe new to this idea of finding joy? Say she hasn't really been buying into this joy thing so much, but is having a realization time of like, you know, I really do need to bring some more joy back into my life. What do you think would be just a little suggestion you might give to get started in the direction? <laughs> okay, so this is going to be a shameless plug, but I'm going to say visit ericalassan.com and take the joy quest. Yep, yep. <laughs> but um, honestly and truly, it's about writing down a list of things that make you feel good, okay. like that really, really make you feel good. Um, and just committing to doing those things, like setting aside intentional time to do those things. Because as mothers, again, we have this idea of like, we need to give to others, but what good is giving to others if you've depleted yourself to the point where you have nothing left to give yourself? Mm -hmm. If you yourself have given so much that your cup is now empty, you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, like if you're so drained and so tired because of the responsibilities that you place on yourself, because you feel like this is what motherhood should look like, that you don't have time to do anything for yourself, It it then becomes something where it could potentially turn into resentment, you know, towards the role of motherhood. It can turn into, um, 
I don't want to say broken relationships, but it can then have an effect on your relationship with your partner or your spouse mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not, I'm going to keep it 100. You know, mm-hmm. there's that feeling of, well, I do all of this stuff and like you don't even know what it is that I have to do. And another part of it is understanding that um, you're not in this alone. Sometimes as, as women, and this isn't even just about moms, but as women, we feel the need to take on all of these responsibilities and these expectations and do it in silence. You know, so there are things that we're feeling, there are things that we're thinking, but we think, well, we can't, I can't, I can't let anyone else know this because I'm supposed to be perfect or like I'm supposed to be putting on this idea of I run a perfect home or, you know, things are good all the time. And it's okay if things are not right. You know, rather than shouldering the the burden of some of the expectations and ideals, the moment that you're able to share those with a group of um, women or you feel like you're in a safe space and it doesn't even have to be limited to women, but people, you know, And just having those conversations and opening yourself up, you then allow um, you you create a space for God to be able to do a greater work. And mm-hmm. I always bring it back to faith because mm-hmm. I live my life as in. Um, uh, but I like to say that it's faith, faith fueled and purpose propelled. Like those mm-hmm. are the two things that drive me, mm-hmm. you know, there's my family, there are my relationships, but it's really about living in alignment with um a faith fueled mindset Mm -hmm. and always propelling whatever my purpose is. And I'm clear on that now, but the moment you're able to share with others, you allow God Mm -hmm. to enter the equation Mm -hmm. because part of it is also sharing with him, right. Mm -hmm. And getting clear on what it is that you're actually feeling, why you're feeling these things. Mm -hmm. And then when you begin to have conversations with other people, sometimes, and this happens more than not, he begins to speak to you through other people, you know, solutions that you've been looking for, answers to prayers that you may have been um, praying, mm-hmm. questions that you may have been having. Mm-hmm. You know, he he answers through fellowship. Maybe it's somebody like giving you a scripture to read and it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it's a matter of, of productivity or managing your home in a certain type of way, um, he then brings someone into your experience who like, that's their thing, you know, that's their purpose. But rather than trying to figure everything out by ourselves, we're then able to share and, and, and receive from others, but also give to the experience of others as well. Cause we're not meant to do any of this alone. Right. And it's not just as mothers, it's as, as parents, you know, like, that's the reason why the Lord like gave Adam Eve, you know, yeah. and Adam couldn't do it all by himself. And that's the reason why there is a family unit. And that's the reason why we are um, as humans, like community oriented people. You know, we thrive when we work together. We thrive when we share. We thrive when we um, aren't in isolated experiences. Yeah. So to to your question mm-hmm. that I really do believe that that's part of it, you know, just understanding that we're not meant to do this by ourselves. And it's really important that you just open up and share. Yes. And I love that you said we're not alone. We're not alone. And that is important. And, you know, your um, I love how you said your faith fueled, your faith purpose fueled, or if I say it again, your faith fueled. Faith fueled and purpose repelled. Oh, 
fueled and purpose propelled. I got to write that down too. I got half of it down. See, I'm going to be thinking you're giving me a lot to think about today too. And I appreciate that. So I love that, but not alone. And that moms that are thinking of it, write just a list down and yes, go to the joy quest. I'm serious. When I say I was so excited about Erica's website, I will make sure to put that into the notes, the show notes for those of you listening, because you have a lot of great things to offer, especially for courageous moms looking for a way to get joy in their life. And I do think that, that some of your, um, your guides with the joy quest and all that is just amazing. I think that's an excellent um, plug for you for and for, to help mm-hmm. others as well. Cause sometimes getting to our joy is the step, right? That is the transition being like, I need to do this. And you have yes. some things to help with that. So yes. I want to move into this live rich movement and just dive a little deeper with you. I know you have like the LRM challenges that are part of your work. Can you just kind of give us a little more about the live rich movement and maybe just some of the details under that? Cause it's exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. So the Liverage movement is my third baby. Yes. <laughs> my business. Um, and it's so funny because uh, like I said, the, the Liverage movement has just become a culmination of all the things that I've been doing for over the years. Right. So I became an entrepreneur when I was 13 and it started off with a, jo- a jewelry line. I started making jewelry when I was 13 and it became a thing and it, it started off as an accidental hobby. And this was my introduction to um, being a multi-passionate creative. But the tagline of my jewelry at the time, because the name of my business was Kirika Jewelry, and the tagline was Live Rich. Mm-hmm. And because it, to me, it meant like a number of things, like living rich could mean like living colorfully, living boldly, living like like just understanding the blessing of being alive. Like there's so much you can do if you're really living rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kerrica, I studied Spanish for over 15 years. I studied abroad twice. I was like obsessed with it at one point. It was like kind of a problem. I'm Nigerian, <laughs> but I would like really want to be Cuban. It was like a thing. So um, <laughs> Kerrica and in Spanish, Kerrico means like something that's like really savory or something that's like full of, just like mm-hmm. mm, goodness, right. you know? And so 13 years ago, that was what the Live Rich movement was, not even realizing that over the years, over the course of almost two decades, that that idea of living rich would become like my life's mantra. Mm-hmm. And so in 2019, when I officially really wanted to start doing something, because even when I would do my business, videos, I'd say live rich and happy dream chasing. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like the next step. Like what if, if I'm going to create this business to help others, what is it that I really want them to do? And it's really about living rich. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started a podcast, uh-huh. um, called the live rich movement. It's named after the community. Um, and in the podcast, we talk about, basically the same. I feel like I'm like the person that's like riding around with a a megaphone, like live your joy, live your joy, live your joy. That's basically what we talk about in the Live Rich Movement, how to find joy, purpose, and healing, but also doing it in a way where it incorporates tangible steps. Um, and, And not only telling people the importance of it, but also helping them know how to do it so they can use it as a a resource. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in addition to this, we have LRM challenges, which is um, live rich movement challenges. And they are a part again of the journey to purpose. So it's the accountability piece, but it's done in a way that allows you to um, engage with the community of people Mm -hmm. 
women who are also on this journey to purpose with you. So there are 21 day challenges that uh, incorporate wellness, but not wellness where you're just focusing on the physical aspect mm -hmm. because I think that when people think wellness that's like the first thing their mind goes to but we focus on five areas of wellness physical wellness mental wellness spiritual wellness social wellness which is huge and I think a lot of people forget about mm -hmm. as well as financial wellness mm -hmm. so the 21 day challenges revolve around all of those things and it's just a wonderful space where you're able to communicate with other women and get really awesome actionable tips tricks and steps so each day there's a different prompt for you to engage with um and just focusing on those five areas of wellness so by the end of the challenge you would have completed 21 new things to put you on your path um for wellness and joy-filled living but you're also cultivating relationships and um, I also forgot to add mm -hmm. that there's a cash prize so yeah. at the end of each month yes because even though the, the idea of living rich is about living a life that isn't revolving around money, but the riches of life itself, right. we also understand that, you know, money is a really awesome incentive. <laughs> so we pay people to commit to their joy <laughs> every month. There is a, a grand prize for the person who's um, actively involved in the community and completes, like really commits to their commitment to their journey. I mean, who does not in, like in a cash prize? I think that's very fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it up the ante. But when you think about it, and I always like to say, uh, it's not it's not just one winner, even though there's only one person that ultimately gets the prize. We're all winners because you're all taking steps towards doing something that not only benefits you, but it's the beginning of you creating your legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, the moment you're able to let go of all of the ideals that don't serve you and you're then stepping into the joy of creating what feels good mm -hmm. you then get put yourself and and you're living in your purpose you're you're putting yourself on a path to be like a better wife or a partner a better mom a better person to the society at large yeah. and to society at large and and then you're really able to then create whatever it is that you want whether it's a business whether it's like being the best stay-at-home mom you you can be whether it's being the best employee you can be and bringing like your fullness your full self um and all of your bold authenticity with your great ideas whatever that may look like to your boss yeah. you know you just you're really able to establish your legacy, whatever you'd like for that to look yes. like. And I really love and appreciate how you're saying live rich is about the blessings of life, the riches of life, not necessarily the um, monetary things that many of us think of. It's really the other pieces of life that are so important. Um, so I love that yeah. piece of that work that you're doing. And also these groups are great. I love the accountability piece. It just all sounds very exciting for, for anybody to participate in that kind of work. And, you know, also just back to that if something doesn't serve you you know you want to be able to find those things that feel good you, your message is just really motivating and I know you talked about your podcast before so I'm not going to go too deep but I do want to say everybody um and you can elaborate on this I had I noticed that it's saying like your stories behind your or your podcast is related to the live rich movement and you're sharing stories and adventures of those who uh, answered the calling of living a faith-fueled and purpose-propelled life. I had it written down, I even realize it. Um, I love it. And you have that yeah. come through in your podcast. And I just want you to just give us any other final ideas through with your podcast, because I spent some time listening to it, everybody. 
I heard you sing, Erica. You have some great interesting <laughs> topics. There's a lot of great things. And I think it's a great way to really get motivated. And if you want to get a little of um, maybe, you know, understanding some stuff behind the Liveridge movement, that's a great place to start as well as just checking out your podcast. Would you elaborate on that a little bit? Anything else you'd want to say mm. about your podcast? Because I do love it. Oh, thank you so much, Carrie. Um, yeah. So the I feel like the Liverish movement as the as a podcast has become kind of like my playground because I'm telling you, it's like it's 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 I love having conversation. It really just makes me so happy to converse with people, hear what's going on in their lives, and then try to figure out how I can help and serve them in the best way possible. And with a podcast, because um I, I started to mention to you that I used to do on-air hosting. So right. I would be on the street and do street interviews and I would speak with strangers right. and it just brought me so much joy. Um, but once I became a mom, I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> like, I don't have time to go into New York. I don't have time to put on makeup. I don't have time to lug my baby around while I'm talking to strangers, right. Right. you know, and in these pandemic times that just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So this is my um, space. And I really, the Lord really placed it on my heart to like commit to that. Mm -hmm that this mm -hmm. year um but this is the space where i get to do all of the things that make me happy like if i want to sing a little i can sing mm -hmm. a little um if i want to share like life tips i can do that there too right. um but again this this piece of having conversations so um i get to bring all of my favorite people like some of my my like awesome friends that are doing such amazing things in the world and really answering their calling mm -hmm. um and what brings them joy and bringing it and in such a fun and engaging way, I get to have conversations with them about their businesses, um, how they came into their businesses, how they discovered their need for joy, why it's important that why it was important for them and how they've been able to build businesses that not only make them feel good, but help others feeling good as mm -hmm. well. Um, because your purpose is the thing that allows you to serve others in um, in a way where it can be selfish for you because you can do as much as, of it as you want, but it allows you to be selfless for others around you because you know that the, the very thing that you're doing so selfishly, mm -hmm. did I say that right? Selfishly, selfishly, yeah. selfishly, yeah. <laughs> The thing you're doing so selfishly isn't hurting anyone, but it's actually helping everyone around you. Right. So um, I get to speak to women about the businesses that they're building, what brings them joy, what makes them tick. Um, and in a really colorful way where there isn't a limit right. on it, because, you know, with podcasts, people just mm -hmm. listen. Um, so there's no cutting people mm -hmm. off. There's, you know, I just really love the fact that we can have real conversations um, where we're comfortable with each other and just knowing that the stories that are being shared um, will help those who are in need, even if it's something where it's like the topic at hand may not be one um, that directly relates mm -hmm. to them. It may be something that may benefit them and that maybe it'll inspire a thought. Well, I've always thought about starting this type of business. Well, now I know someone that's done it. So I have an example and, or it could be um, that maybe you feel shame around certain mm -hmm. things or you want to let go of past trauma or history, but you're not sure of how to do that. But then someone comes on the podcast and they begin to discuss how they were able to get through something that no one else may right. have known that you were dealing with. But now that you've heard someone else speak about it, you feel more comfortable yep. sharing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, a sex expert mm -hmm. come on to the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, well, she that's not the official <laughs> term. She's a sexologist. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. She's a sexologist. 
but just speaking to um, the joy and finding pleasure mm -hmm. and why that's so important in every stage mm -hmm. of life, you know, being a new mom, coming out of being a mother, you know, um, transitioning even into your senior years, why you should still make this a part of your um, your expectation for your life, because just because you're older doesn't mean that you don't you don't right. you know, you don't feel right. a certain type right. of way. You, you need to explore those feelings and, and, and know that it's not, there's no shame in doing it. Um, so just having those conversations and navigating those conversations, it's been really important to me and especially with other women and just knowing and letting other women know, even if they're not, uh, they don't feel comfortable enough to come right out and have a conversation with someone about the things that they're going right. through, whether it be decluttering or anything, yeah. you know, yeah. like, at least they can have those conversations or at least feel like they're having those conversations with someone that can give them steps to begin the process of taking that problem, situation, whatever it is in their hands and then like transforming it into something that brings them yes. joy. And um, I'm just really grateful to do it. This this first season, mm -hmm. we are um, I'm focusing on uh, the stories of black mm -hmm. moms, uh, entrepreneurial black mm -hmm. motherhood is what the topic of season one has been. And it's been so mm -hmm. awesome. Like, oh, it makes me so happy. I'm so grateful. It is so <laughs> exciting. I'm going to have to listen to more because I was just going through some and just listening to you talk about, it, I'm going to go back because you're right. You're great with the, con I could talk to you all day, I think, but it is an opportunity to have those yeah. conversations. I did listen to the sexologist one, very good topic, like needed things. And like you're Thank saying you. in your live rich move in your podcast, you're talking about having those conversations. And if somebody hears it, they're, they're learning from that and how that connects, you know, to that they're not the only one and back to the whole topic of joy again. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting to this conversations topic here, what is, so this is something I ask everybody here on mom courage. What is the real conversation behind joy from your experience? What do you think the real conversation is? The real conversation behind joy is that you have to find it for yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't expect that anyone is going to be able to give you the answers. You can't um, subject your joy to others' thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. You really have to go on that journey for yourself. and you, you get to decide. You get to define what joy looks and feels like for yourself. And the moment you find that, you then need to commit to creating that experience for yourself every day. It's not about um, only having joy in the good times, but it's it's about recognizing that joy is always present mm -hmm. and making sure that you're sitting in it, making and also making sure that you're um, grateful for every experience, understanding that there is no such thing as a wasted experience, even the bad things that happen to us, yeah. you know, seemingly bad things. Um, and, and again, this is bringing it on back right. to faith, just understanding that all things are working for the glory of mm -hmm. God's good. All things are working for the good mm -hmm. of God's glory. Sorry. You know, just understanding that he he's in he's in every every situation, every circumstance. Like we don't. It's so funny. I read this earlier today while I was doing my devotions. But Isaiah 55, you know, like as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his thoughts higher than our thoughts and his ways higher than mm -hmm. our ways. Like we'll never understand the entirety of like right, life, right. you know, as much as we, we try, we will never understand how the, the human mind completely works. We'll never understand like why the sun rises and sets every day or mm -hmm. how, or the mechanics or the engineering behind nature itself, yeah. you know, 
But the moment we're able to just like mm-hmm. chill and relax yeah. <laughs> and just enjoy the journey and the process of just living and doing it in joy, that's the moment that we're really able to access true freedom. Like man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. And it comes with trust and it comes with faith and it just comes with um enjoying his works and just enjoying his mm-hmm. goodness um like honestly i could talk about this yeah. all day because i really do believe that as as children of god when he placed mm-hmm. us here he really just wanted us to live uh free mm-hmm. lives you know just just enjoying his creation yeah. but mm-hmm. you know I love- as humans we, we did what we did but okay. yeah that's what he wants so i just i feel like you should be my spiritual mentor like you just kind of get it and you have such a confidence about your faith in you that i hope is speaking through to anybody listening you talk about it with such ease uh which i really admire because i think sometimes we get lost in how to talk about our faith and i love that it just comes out in your business comes out in who you are it's I think it's nothing less than just refreshing and just to see the confidence you have in it. So I just so appreciate you bringing that through in the conversation today. I really do. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me. I feel like I always say I'm like ranting about joy because it's, I'm like, it just yeah. feels good. Just no, do it. You know you, your message is very clear. It's just, it's getting to that. And you have a lot of ways that you can help people get there and you're doing it. And I love that. Yeah. I love, love, love that. Okay. I'm going to end with this very last question. And then I want to make sure we tell people where they can find you. So last thing, okay. is there a norm you might challenge around joy? So, you know, last time I asked you, it's a real conversation. You were like, okay, you got to find it for yourself. So everybody make sure we're doing our work but if there is a norm you may challenge around joy like something we think about joy but the truth is blank what would you fill in the blank with um I think the 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 norm or the idea about joy is that you have to be some type of enlightened Ah. guru in order to like tap into it at any given space time situation and that is not true it's not true. Um, I mean, sure, meditation helps. It's a tool. It's a way to get there. But um, there are also other ways that, like, the moment you're able to create the habit of joy, you're able to make it your default. Mm-hmm. Even, like, if something is happening that, like, puts you in a funk and just, like, typically, if you didn't have this mindset of joy first or faith first or purpose first, it would it could derail you. But when you're when you're able to make joy your default and make it your lifestyle, you're able to then um, get right back on to your your norm, your default mode of joy. You don't have to be an enlightened guru. You don't have to meditate for hours. You don't have to um, like be in an isolated space on a on a mountain, like practicing breathing exercises all the time. Like that's Mm -hmm. not true. Anyone can access joy at any given time when they're able to uh, prioritize it, focus it. And I I really hope that um, those who may be in need of understanding those tools or even just getting started in just the like tip of the iceberg yeah. tips, um, they visit yeah. the site so that they can gain access to those, um, at least my, 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 my interpretation yeah. of how yeah. to get there. Yeah. And I yeah. love that you said you don't have to be the enlightened guru. You don't have to be on a mountain. You're right. We aren't on mountains every day. We don't have all the, the quiet time just accessing joy. I think that is a super important part of, of the challenge of the norm, that we think it's that, but it's not really. Yeah. And I have to tell you, because I've been looking at um, 
looking into your website, Erica's website, everybody. And I, joy has been on my mind the last week or so, but I've just been thinking, you know, preparing for our talk here. And I was laughing to myself, trying <laughs> two teens and a 12 year old, and you know, some teens were doing some teen things. And I was somewhat frustrated. I remember thinking, you know what, but it is so joyful that they are who they are. <laughs> and, yeah, I, yeah, and I think that's a piece of that's it. Like, it. even though, like you were saying, there are times when it's, we have different parts that are hard in our life, but that doesn't mean we don't still have that joy. And I think your message with that has come clear through today um, with so many connections to so many things with your work and your faith and your um, options for people to really invest in finding their joy. Um, it's just, I've been, I'm just grateful for that. And so before we told, we end here, I want everybody to know where can they find you, give out your website, your social, and I will make sure that I get all that in the show notes. So go for it. Where, where can we find you? Is there anything specific you want to highlight? I know we've highlighted a few things, but any last minute things, because I know people listening are going to want to find out, you know, how they can work for, with you and where they can find some of the, the, um, uh, digital products and such that you offer. Oh, awesome. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me or the work. You can access the work at ericalasan.com. That is E-R-I-C-A-L-A-S-A-N.com. And um, you can find me online on social media at Erica Lasan. Same thing, E-R-I-C-A-L-A-S-A-N. On Instagram, that's mainly where I play. Um, Facebook sometimes, Kirika by Erica Lasan. Uh, on TikTok, but I'm not really there as much I feel like that's for the yeah. younger peeps um it, it just requires too much and then you get sucked in and it's like at some point I realized that it it, it isn't a platform that brings me joy just go. because it's overwhelming um and as far as something to highlight I would love to highlight the journey to purpose vision casting mm-hmm. workshop which is actually opening up mm-hmm. next month Ooh. for Q2 I'm really excited about it um, it is a six-week workshop that we do to um, basically help people not only find their joy, but put them on the path of their purpose. And at the end of the workshop, you come out with a beautiful vision board that'll be an accountability tool and also a really great conversation piece for those who come into your life or if you're trying to explain what your vision um, of joy is and what the lifestyle is that you're hoping to create is to other people who may not be as familiar, it's a wonderful yeah. tool to do that as well. Um, but it involves weekly live calls. Um, it involves like some worksheets and things and it and, and a private accountability group. But it's done in a way where it's not overwhelming and trying to discover what your joy is or what your purpose is. Um, but you're also able to connect with other people and really just like have a uh, tangible things to help carry you in this journey. And it's also a really great um, time to work directly with me, not on so much a one-on-one basis, but you get direct access to me. Like I'm all up and through the group and stuff. So if someone is looking to do that and they're not quite ready to do a one-on-one session, but they want to begin the work and they want to understand the moving pieces of what it looks like to find joy and then implement it and use it to propel your purpose in any season of your life, this is the place to do it. And we, um, we launch on April 14th. April 14th 14th is when we open it up. All right, everybody. So journey to purpose, six weeks, it launches on April 14th. So it's open till sometime right before that, right? Is my guess to register. Excellent. Yes. 
Yes, we're we're op- we're starting to open it up on okay, uh, April fourth. Opening <clears throat> up on April fourth, very exciting. And you know, Erica, I just want to say your energy, your purpose, your work are so inspiring. You've totally inspired me today, and I'm sure you have expired inspired mm-hmm. courageous mamas mm-hmm. listening. And I'm just super grateful to have had you on Mom Courage today. And I just want to thank you for sharing your journey and your message with us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I really like, I am so, I love our rich friends. I love our community and I'm just so grateful for you just having me on and, you know, just welcome me into this space. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for setting up this awesome platform because moms need, um, they need a space like this to just understand the need to step into their courage, find what brings them joy and like really commit to the action of courage for themselves. So thank you for doing the work. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's it. Thank you for listening to Mom Courage, the podcast. I would love to hear from you courageous moms. So send me a message through Anchor. The link is in the episode notes or find me at my website, www courageouslivingforyou.com. The link is also in the episode notes. That's it. You got this, Courageous Mamas.